Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, and if you write in your Bible or highlight on your electronic device, I would encourage you to circle or highlight if you are if you are the son of god command this stone to become bread and jesus answered him it is written man shall not live by bread alone the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him to you i will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and i give it to whom i will If you, there it is again, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Verse 9, and he took him up to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, Here we go again. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands or in their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall not put the Lord, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Thank you so much for standing. You can take your seat. God's blessings over you. I'm not going to be long this morning, but I just really feel like today that God has got this word. And I, I feel this morning that there are people here today that you need to hear uh, what we're about to say. I want to talk to you for just a minute on the word if. Because the word if, and and again, I'm not an English major. Uh, My English teacher in school was Miss Frances Eichner, who has since gone on to be with the Lord. But She was not able to teach me anything concerning the way I should talk. And and so uh, my English knowledge is very limited. Uh, My wife tells me all the time that ain't is not a word, but it was a word when I was coming up. So when I moved from Little River, I brought my dictionary to Uri, Alabama, and I'm still using the word ain't, all right? 
But the word if, according to proper English or whatever, is, is considered a conjunction. It is a word that is used to introduce a conditional clause on the condition or the supposition or in the event. So in other words, when the word if is used, many times the word if is a question within itself. But it is also used to introduce this other clause where, for example, when Satan was tempting Jesus and he said, uh, if you are the Son of God. The Son of God was the clause, but the word if was used to introduce a question concerning the Son of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If we've got any English teachers or anything in here, I might need you to come up and <clears throat> explain that better. But the word if is something that when you hear the word if, it poses a question in your mind. If you are able, if you can, if you will, if you've got money, if you've got time, if you're hungry, it's a word that when we use the word if, it is, it is a word that many times is questioning something, and that's what the devil was doing with Jesus in this story in Luke chapter 4. And we talked some about this this past Wednesday night, by the way. Uh, we, we really had a good time Wednesday night. I had some good food that we ate, and we had some good fellowship and some good word. So if you're not coming on Wednesday night, you need to come and come in here on Wednesday night. These other guys, they can punch their own cards on, on what they do on Wednesday night. I'm building the kingdom, guys. You better get ready in your class because I'm going to pull them out and bring them in here. No, no I'm just kidding. Our brother Brandon, Tiffany, Sister Melissa, and all you guys doing a great job, Brother Pat, all that. But I'm just telling you, I'm going to just put a little pressure on you. Got to bump it up a notch. But the Bible says that Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And I want to, I want to kind of emphasize that, that Jesus wasn't just walking around one day and all of a sudden the devil stands in front of him and begins to attack him. As a matter of fact, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into this battle. So I want you to understand that, that God's greatest desire for you is that you would be found 
being able to stand the struggle that you might face. And because he is a good, good father, and because he doesn't raise up spoiled brats, and because he's not going to give you a $20 bill every time you hold your hand out, and because he's not always going to pay your light bill, When you've been down at the casino playing around. Sometimes, because he is a good father, he's going to allow you to walk through some struggle and some battles Because he knows that the trying of your faith will bring about patience. And he knows that when patience has done its perfect work, that you will come out on the other side better than you went in. Listen. The problem with the American church today is that we've been taught that if you've got faith, you don't ever have to walk through a trial. Or if you've got faith, you should never be sick. But listen, I want to contradict that because the Bible lets me know that there are times when I'm going to walk through some battles. Listen, uh, the children, uh, the three Hebrew boys, they had faith to understand that even though I have to go in the fiery furnace I know that at the end of the day when the embers have done cooled off and everything has settled down I know that my God will deliver me whatever I have to do See, Daniel understood that because I know him, because I've got a God who is able, it doesn't matter about the lion's den. I've got faith going in it, and I'm going to have faith in it, and I'm going to have faith coming out of it. See, we're, we're living in uh, a, lot, a lot of times in a, in a generation of church people that think that, that well, I, Pastor, I've been walking through the fire this week. The devil's been beating me up one side and down the other. I don't know what's going on. God's standing back saying, I'm waiting on you to get a revelation. Let me get off that rabbit trail. But Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Can I tell you this? That the most important thing in the sight of God for your life is that you be an overcomer. God didn't send his Son to die on the cross to be beaten unrecognizably, to be abused and all of that. He didn't do all of that so that we could be weak and anemic Christians. God wants men and women of God that know who they are and know whose they are. 
You say, Pastor, why are you beating up on us? I'm not beating up on you. I'm fixing to bring some healing to you. Listen, in, in Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, along about verse 21 and 22. And, and I give my notes to the, to the media people in the back. That's the reason Autumn was up here begging people to help because she's having to read my notes and she's having to figure out where in the world are you coming from. All right. But in Luke chapter 3, the Bible tells the story that John the Baptist was at the River Jordan and he was baptizing. And he was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so he was baptizing and Jesus comes and walks down. And uh, to make a long story short, Jesus came down to John to be baptized of John. And you know the story. John said, who am I to baptize you? And Jesus said, you got to baptize me to fulfill the word. The Bible says that Jesus went down into the river Jordan and was baptized by John. And when he came up out of the water, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove and set upon him. But that wasn't all. The Bible says there was a voice that came from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So what that was is this. Several things there. One of them is that when the dove descended on Jesus, it was a picture of Holy Spirit that had come to empower him to do what the Father had said to do. That is the reason that it is important for you, sir and ma'am, to have an experience with the dove to come upon you, to empower you, and to anoint you to do what the Father has called you to do. There's some demons that God is saying, I want you to rebuke. There's some people that I want you to touch. There's some, some, some deserts that I want you to walk through, some battles that I want you to fight. But in order to fight the battle, you've got to be empowered by the Spirit. But then there's the voice of the Father. Come here, Brother Pat. Brother Pat is, is, is my spiritual son. I've got, I've got a bunch of spiritual sons. Brother Pat sends me a check every month. <laughs> no. No. It wouldn't be a good idea, though, Brother. No. Tell you, I said it ain't going to happen. Brother Pat is my spiritual son. The greatest thing that a son can hear from a father, Daddy, listen to this, is not what he's doing wrong, but what he's doing right. The power of a father 
in a son's life is many times not because he took him fishing, not because he had an endowment fund or whatever, not because he spent time on the ball field with him, but the greatest power of a father is when he looks at a son eyeball to eyeball and says this, Pat, I am proud of the man of God that you have become. Pat, look at me. Pat, look at me, boy. Pat, I see the anointing of the Holy Spirit all over your life. I see the blessing of God dripping over you, running down your face, even down to the foot, uh, the, the sole of your foot. Pat, I am proud of the man of God that you are. And then I turn around and I say, McCullough, I want to introduce to you my son in the Lord. This is, this is a man of God. So when he opens his mouth, I want you to listen to what he's saying. Come here, Bruce. This is not in my notes. Baby, I'm sorry. You just have to follow me. You see, Bruce is a little bit different. Yeah. They took that the wrong way, Bruce. I'm sorry. Bruce is a little bit different because he got to be my son. I didn't have a choice. He's just my son because he married my daughter. But Bruce is a part of the family. And even being a part of the family, when I look at Bruce and I say, Bruce, I am proud of the father that you are to my children. I'm proud of the husband that you are to my daughter. But more than all of that, Bruce, I'm proud of the man of God that you are before my daughter and my grandchildren. So what I am doing in that is that though there's a different relationship with both of these guys, it is the words of the affirmation of a spiritual father that gives credence to who they are. You might not, oh my goodness. You might think, well, pastor, all you did was just say a few words to make a good point in your message. No, I didn't. You might waste your words. I don't waste my words, ask my wife. I don't say many of them, but when I speak, Because you see, 
Words have power. That's the reason some of you are sitting in here today. Somebody told you you were no good. And every time you look in the mirror, you see no good. Somebody in here told you that you were a failure. And so every time you look in the mirror, that word failure. Because words have power. Mm. Can I tell you something this morning? If you have ever made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and given him your life, you have got a heavenly father that has affirmed who you are. That is no wonder that hell is trying to disaffirm whether you are a male or a female. Because your daddy in heaven has already said, I created them male and female. So that is the reason hell is saying, no, you were. little confusion there. There ain't no confusion when it comes to God. Oh, I've, I've got on this rabbit trail. But, but listen. But I want you to understand the power. I'm not his daddy. I'm not his daddy. Yeah, sometimes. But they have they have accepted my role in their lives. They have given me the opportunity to speak over their lives. That's what our world is missing today. No wonder the crime rate is skyrocketing. Because fathers are shirking their responsibility to speak into their sons' and daughters' lives. Daddy, I want to tell you, I don't know who you are, but it's, you, you're the reason that I'm on this rabbit trail, and I'm going to stay here until I get this point across to you. You better pull your bootstraps up, stand up and be a man, and look at your children and tell them who they are. Because if you don't, there's a devil out there that will tell them who they are and lie to them and, and send them down a road that is destructive. And I'm not saying you got to be a part of McCullough Christian Center. And I'm not saying you need to come to me and say, hey, will you be my spiritual daddy and all of that. I'm telling you to step up and be a spiritual daddy to your children and tell them who they are and let them know why they have been born and what they have been called to and who has called them to it. Now, here's the thing. Jesus came down into the river Jordan to be baptized by John. The voice of the Father spoke and affirmed who he was. <laughs> Thank you, guys. 
Thank y'all. So Jesus was affirmed by the Father. In other words, the Father said, this is my son. Listen to him. I'm very well pleased with him. Now, the reason I the reason I spent all the time doing that is this. Jesus left the River Jordan and was probably still dripping water of the Jordan off of his garments when the Holy Spirit that had lit on him in the River Jordan led him, pushed him into the wilderness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus was led into the wilderness by the same spirit that had set up on him in the River Jordan. In the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights without food. In the middle of all of that, the devil pounding, pounding, tempting. If you are, if you are, if you will, worship me. If you are the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down off of the pinnacle of the temple, which was somewhere between five and 700 feet above the ground. If you are the Son of God, you see all these kingdoms, I'll give them to you. If you will worship me, and I'm fixing to close. But here's what I want you to get. It's if, if, if. If God really cares. Listen, the reason that the devil fights the family structure so hard is because he knows that it is a product of the family structure, a husband and a wife, a mama and a daddy, that God originally created that to build up a child, that the child would grow up to know who they are, what they've been called to do, and why they were put on this earth. But listen, that is the reason the devil fights your family so hard. That's the reason that he wars against you and your relationship with your children so hard because it was set by God that I have created this in this way to, to, to guide and direct the lives of children. That's the reason we're in a, we've got a generation that has been coming on for several generations that have this if, 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 if in their mind. If God really cared, if God really loved me, if I hadn't have been this, if this hadn't have happened, and it's a life that's filled with ifs, causing them to question 
the love of God over their lives. Here's what the Lord spoke to me just this morning coming over, and I'm going to say this real calmly and quietly because I want you to get it. The enemy will always put ifs in your life. If there is a God, why did this happen? If God really loved me, why did I lose my mama? If God really cared about me, why did my daddy abuse me? If there was a God, why are there wars taking place? I'm just being real, guys, because I hear it all the time. If God really cared about me, why did my husband walk out on me? If. If God really cared, why did he not answer my prayer? There's nothing more sad than seeing people who have prayed for something that did not happen. They have become angry with God, and now it is this. If God had really cared, he would not have allowed that to happen. Children, if God really cared about me, why did he allow my mom and dad to divorce? If, if, if. If there's ever been a word that has been formed, that has been used by hell, it is the two-letter word, if. But let me give you this. This is what Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, the ifs are going to come. There's always going to be somebody that's going to have an if. And it's always going to be directed many times to deter you away from God. But he said, son, the if is only as powerful as the revelation that comes behind it. Here's the thing. And let me explain it. Jesus was affirmed by the Father in the River Jordan. Immediately following, the devil threw three ifs at him. What, how did he respond? He responded like this. Command these stones to be made bread. Jesus said this, it is written. That a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Listen, the devil was attacking Jesus 
concerning his power. Use your power in a way that will dishonor the Father. But Jesus had been affirmed by the Father in the River Jordan. And Jesus said this, it is written. Listen, the revelation of those three words, it is written, will overcome any if that will ever be thrown at your life. That was a lot better than you said. I got one amen from my son over there. The revelation of it is written is always greater than any if the devil will ever throw at you. The second one is is the enemy said, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and said, I'll give these to you if you will worship me. Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. In that, Satan was attacking the purpose for which Jesus was on this earth, was to worship the Father. The next thing was he took him up on the the pinnacle of, of the temple and said to him, if you be the Son of God, cast yourself down. Jesus' response was, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In all of these things, Satan attacked Jesus' power, his position, and his purpose. You see, and that's what the enemy is doing in our lives today. He's attacking people in those same three positions to rob you of the reality of what God has called you to do in your life. It's if. If. If God really loved me, if God really cared, the greatest revelation that you will ever have is to be able to stand in the face of the enemy and say, it is written. It is written.